0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: Looks like the rain's going to hold off for a while. Uh, Checking that radar, there is rain on radar, but well, west of the city's leading edge of the rain, uh, Minnesota River, say between New Ulm up toward Granite Falls, the real heavy stuff down along I-90 from maybe Jackson over to Sioux Falls. It uh, doesn't look like we're going to see any rain in these parts until the overnight hours. So we should be in the clear for Joe Mauer's Twins Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Head of the Twins and the Diamondbacks at Target Field tonight. Our lineup card begins at 5.30. And then uh, we'll have Joe's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, the game will start later than uh, the 6.10 advertised start time at Target Field tonight. I, I would assume Arizona... Uh, is is aware that Ken will be on the mound as the Twins try and win Game Two. They won three to two last night, uh, tight game. Twins get three solo home runs, and Bailey Ober got the start, and Caleb Deilbar did a good job out of the bullpen. Right now, let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com, and uh, Steve uh, ha- has the bite improved.
2: Um good afternoon, Steve. Um, I'd say a little bit. I wouldn't say it's uh, crazy good, but I was on, I don't know, six, seven lakes this week and doing all kinds of different things. And, and, you know, the funny thing about fishing is I get on some of these lakes, and I can struggle and have a tough morning. And then I ended up on a lake on Wednesday that has a slot limit from 18 inches. Um, Anything 18 and over has to be returned. And the absurdity of fishing is every fish we caught was 21, 22, 23 inches, and we had to let everything go. So it's, kind of, it's just been one of those weeks where it's been kind of topsy-turvy and trying, you know, many different techniques, fishing shallow, fishing deep, doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, it's a couple of highlights this week, but I wouldn't say anything is uh, red hot by any
3: means. All right. Uh, what approach, I, I know you've talked, when when it is slow, and there is so much food in the water for these fish. You you really need to get get a grasp of with with bait bait presentation.
2: You know, I start really early in the morning, as you know, Steve, and try to start in that six to eight feet of water when those minnows are swirling and very active in the morning, and try to pull a very light spinner with what's called a slow death hook on it, which is something you know most fishermen know. It's kind of a concave hook that spins and try to get some of those active fish right away early in the morning and then just move deeper. And 23 to about 27 feet once the sun comes up has been fairly productive. Um, Again, it depends on the lake you're on. It depends on water clarity and recreational traffic and so many different things. But I see just tons of insects and bait fish, you know, on my electronics that are suspended over deeper water. There's so much food out there right now. But, you know, give them about a month or so, let those predators knock those bait fish down and insect pods down, and fishing will improve as you get into the fall. And, you know, there's so much food right now. There's minnows in the shallows by the scores. And, I mean, they don't have to, you know, go go too far for a meal. I mean, it's just that time of year. So, uh, again, it's been a really hot one, man. i tell you, by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, oh, it's yeah. uh, it's a scorcher, and it's been that way for
3: two months i think yeah it it's definitely in the humidity on top of it makes it doubly tough for sure uh, steve another thing i wanted to bring up uh game fair right around the corner i've, I've seen the billboards uh heard, heard the advertisements uh here we go game fair and i i know uh that, that that's been a big part of your calendar for years
2: Yeah, it has, probably 25 years or so, Steve, and yeah, that begins next week, next Friday, and I'm going to be doing seminars on big crappies, uh, kind of target, you know, big crappies and lakes and type of techniques, and I'm going to be there at 1 o'clock doing seminars every day at 1 o'clock, and I'll be in the insurance brokers of Minnesota booth, uh, bell to bell all six days, and it's really a great time. I mean, it's just it's so much fun and so many nice people that you see every year and you know, great crowd. So looking forward to it and hoping it's not 95. I yeah. really like 70. Can you order that up for me?
3: Well, let's take a look at the weather. This this is a sneak peek a week out. Um tell highest, me, Tell ar- me. Uh highs around 80 Friday. Does it, I that that isn't bad. I I think you know that's doable
2: that's doable
3: yeah so i i, I think you're going to be all right i don't i don't see a major heat wave uh, coming up you know it's funny there. steve
2: out there you can have torrential rains and water up to your ankles or it can be 101 and people still come i mean it's yeah. just one of those uh deals people just show up and you know the little waiters and rain gear and they just come it's just such a great festival and um you know it's just a great tradition it's been going on i don't know 40 some years so looking forward to it meeting a lot of wcco listeners come through and uh talk about your golden voice i mean i get that a lot so
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's a good thing yeah good stuff well well, steve uh good luck out there what's planned this week I'm um, not sure,
2: Steve. I'm a little tired. I've been on the water five days in a row. I need a couple of days break and um, maybe play golf for a day, try something a little different, and, uh, and then get back on the water midweek and be really nice if things cool down a little bit. I'd really like 75, 80 degrees, and I think that would help a lot. Water temperature is still right around 80, so we need that to move south. So we'll see how the week goes and, you know, keep
3: plugging. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. All right, Steve. Take care. Steve Carney and Steve Carney Outdoors. By the way, our outdoors coverage continues on a Sunday. Rob line from Outdoor News has a big show on Sunday afternoons between 5 and 6 o'clock. Still to come, headlines from the day in sports, and then we'll get you ready for the Twins and the Diamondbacks. Game 2 of the three-game set. Just a brief stand for the Twins before they re- go right back out on the mound, and it is a Big day at the ballpark. Joe Maurer inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame. And on Friday, I was sitting in for Henry Lake, and we had a chance to visit with his high school baseball coach at Creighton Durham Hall, Jim O'Neill. And we're, we're going to play that back for you here coming up later on in the hour. We'll have some highlights from the 3-2 win in Game 1 of the series on Friday night at Target Field. And then Bobby Nightingale, new to the Twins' beat, for the Star Tribune will join us following the news and weather at 5 we'll have a sneak peek at the batting order for tonight's ball game behind starting pitcher Kenta Maeda. Joe Mauer night tonight at the ballpark here on News Talk. E3O W C C O. Twins Diamondbacks game two more importantly Joe Mauer night Joe Mauer into the Twins Hall of Fame and his high school baseball coach Jim O'Neill. We had a chat with him on Friday. We're going to play that a little bit later on in the hour. Uh, I was in for Henry Lake uh, between 6 and 6.30 on Friday night. We were able to get Jim on the phone, had a nice chat about Joe, and the first time he saw him play, and uh, about his family, and the influences of his mom and dad and brothers. Really a neat chat with uh, Jim O'Neill, and we'll get into that at about 5:35 following or 4:35 following the weather uh, here on News Talk 830 WCCO I I was checking the schedule you know and I have done that forever kind of the what's on TV what's available sports wise that I can fill out the weekend um, and they are on to the final 16 uh, the elimination round is underway at the Women's World Cup uh, down Under, New Zealand and Australia co-hosts. Sweden and the United States play at 4 o'clock our time tomorrow morning. And my question is, are you going to get up and, and watch? And, and this, this, is, this is not a knock on women's soccer. I, I caught their match with the Netherlands. Watched almost all 90 minutes plus extra time. Uh, of that match, uh, a one, one draw and it has nothing to do with the game. It has everything to do with the time. It, it would take a lot for me to roll out of the rack at 4am on a Sunday morning. I don't care who it is. I, I joked with Josh Wheeler. Um, if they found Elvis alive and he was doing a show from Timbuktu At 4 a.m., I probably wouldn't get up for it. Um, I'll check the score when I roll out of the sack, but I cherish being able to sleep in a little bit on Saturday and Sunday morning. Um, I I try to get up in time for the Smart Garden Show with Denny Long and the experts from the University of Minnesota Extension Service because I, I consider myself... A decent gardener, not, not a great gardener, decent, serviceable. If I had more time, I could probably turn into a really good gardener. So, you know, I get up 8, 8.30 on the weekends. Um, 4 a.m., no. Josh Wheeler is our producer. Now, you you are truly an early bird. Um, you, your gigs require that. Mm-hmm. But uh you, you you kinda hinted that you, you might be up for this tomorrow morning at four AM.
4: Listen, getting up at that time of day one extra day than I need to is <laughs> not gonna put me six feet under, so what the you hey? Know, Am well, I I'm I'm up at three o'clock, three thirty, sometimes four every other morning. Why not add to the work week, so to speak, and get up and add it early? I mean I'm hoping maybe there's a coffee shop or something that is maybe open that time of morning that I can go grab some coffee, you know, get a couple donuts in me and, read it, and just sit down on the couch and watch this amazing matchup. Which I don't know how it's going to go because I, fun fact, it's funny that we're talking about this now. I was actually up early enough the other day to catch the second half of the women's game, and they barely scraped out the W. I wouldn't. It's, it's not. It wasn't even a W. It was a tie. What, they didn't play the, Portugal. Yes, yes, yeah. and and Portugal needed to at least get a goal, and if you well, know, they almost uh, did. They, yeah, they they got the they post. They hit the upright. I, yeah, I, they I, hit I watched. The post. I I caught that as it happened too, and I was pretty amazed by that. And yeah, it, it's it, it might be worth getting up for tomorrow because it might be the underdog story. You never know. It's it's women's soccer. We don't have much well, here in in the U.S., so might as well jump all over it while you can.
3: The United States, two-time defending champs. There, there's been a lot of hand wringing about how poorly they've played. Uh, Sweden's been playing well. Uh, good rivalry, but uh, I, I'm not going to be there at, at 4 a.m. I'm not. Uh, wish them well. I hope uh, the good old USA gets it done. But I'll I'll check it out. They'll they'll probably replay it. I would assume. At some point, if you are going to get up 4 a.m. on Fox, uh, from down under Sweden and the United States. So, uh, good luck to them, <laughs> but no, uh, here's a, a, a story on a more serious note. And th- this comes out of the NBA, actually a couple of NBA headlines. And I know we're a ways away from training training camp in the start of the season, but, uh, A story here about two-time former Timberwolf, Ricky Rubio. And apparently, Ricky Rubio is stepping away for an undisclosed amount of time to focus on mental health. And Ricky Rubio is quoted in an article on ESPN.com said, I've decided to stop my professional activity to take care of my mental health. I want to thank all the support I've received from uh, the Spanish national team to understand my decision. Uh, Today, family, makes more sense than ever. Thank you. I would ask that my privacy be respected so that I can face these moments and be able to give more information when the time is right. Later this month, Rubio is expected to lead the Spanish in an attempt to defend their World Cup title in the Philippines, but he left training camp this week in Madrid, and didn't play in Spain's first warm-up game Friday night against Venezuela. Uh, so Ricky Rubio had a subpar year for the Cavs last season, working his way back from a knee injury the second of his career. So Ricky Rubio stepping away to work on his mental health. So we wish him well. Uh, another NBA story I wanted to get into, and that is Anthony Davis and the amount of money in the NBA. and And Davis is is a great big man. Uh it's been over shadowed a bit by Jokic in Denver who's now a world champion and then of course Joel Embiid in in Philly. But but Davis when healthy is is right there, right? He's an elite big man in the NBA. A 3-year 186 million dollar max extension. Think about those numbers. Three years, $186 million, and he's tied to the Lakers through 2028. Question is, will LeBron still be there in 2028? Doubtful. You um, can see the end for LeBron James uh, in his NBA playing careers. He's a billionaire. Uh, he has made no secret that he does want to own an NBA franchise, and you, you'd expect that to become a, a reality. He's made no secret that he wants to own an NBA franchise in Las Vegas uh, when the NBA ultimately expands, and they will. There, there, there is no doubt. I think these other leagues have seen the kind of money that's been generated by the NHL and when they expanded to Vegas and then most recently Seattle and the kind of money that generated. So if the NHL is getting six, seven million, $700 million for a team, what is an NBA expansion team going to generate? $2 billion? Um, there, there hasn't been a lot of talk about the NFL, but they're at a really good number, 32 right now. Um, MLB has talked about it, and you would think that the price for an MLB franchise would be somewhere in the low billions. um one and a half, two billion, $2 probably. And... If the NFL were to expand, what would an NFL team go for in expansion? You saw the uh, Washington football team. Uh, What are they, the commanders now? And it sounds like Magic Johnson may change that name again. But they went for six. So it is absolutely incredible, uh, the money in pro sports. And then one other tidbit, uh, the Big Ten is expanding. And and you've seen the SEC expand, the Big Ten expand, uh, Rutgers and Maryland once upon a time, and then, of course, we all know about USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten. But now it's Oregon and it's Washington, and it looks like the Pac-12 is cooked, that uh, the Pac-12 conference that's been around for 100 years is is going to go away.
0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah apparently have agreed to join the Big 12. We're going to visit with Jim O'Neill Joe Maurer's coach at Creighton-Durham Hall. I visited with him on Friday, and we're going to play that back for you once again. Uh, Jim O'Neill, uh, Joe Maurer's coach at Creighton-Durham Hall, coming up in a moment. Right now we have a chance to uh, visit with uh, one of Joe's high school coaches, Jim O'Neill from Creighton-Durham Hall. Jim, thanks so much for the time. You
5: bet, Steve. Glad to be here.
3: Yeah, and, and Jim... Uh, Quite a weekend for Joe. And the thing I can't believe is I remember watching Joe in high school, a terrific quarterback in football, an outstanding basketball player, great baseball player, and all of a sudden his Major League career is over and he's going into the Twins Hall of Fame. You wonder where the time went.
5: Yeah, things things went pretty fast. But, uh, you know, Joe made good use of uh, his time with the Twins. Uh, you know, in high school, he was an exceptional athlete. I I tell people, I think he could have been an NFL quarterback, uh, no doubt in my mind. But, uh, you know, he chose baseball or baseball chose him. And uh, for good reason. And uh, he certainly had a wonderful career with the Twins. And uh, we're all proud of him here in St. Paul
3: and jim you you've you've been around joe and his his family for a long time and you're you're long ties to creighton durham hall as a as a coach do you remember the first time you saw joe play
5: you know the first time i saw him play was in a summer camp i had billy and jake his older brothers and they were in like seventh and eighth grade and joe came as a fifth grader and we needed an extra player and uh Joe and Billy said, or Billy and Jake said, you know, let's let Joe play. And we did. And first time up, he got a grand slam home run over a fence. And uh, he ran around the bases like nothing happened. And uh, the kids were in awe of him. And, uh, but that was the first uh, time I saw Joe, and it was uh, pretty cool.
3: Yeah, and, and you've worked a lot with Joe. And, and Joe has talked a lot about your influence on, on him and his uh, early time playing the game. And that's that that got to mean a lot to you, Jim.
5: Yeah, you know, he was such an easy guy to coach. And, and to be honest, he, Jake, his dad, was uh, Joe's main influence, I think, in baseball. Um, you know, I think he had the perfect parents, you know, to be that good of an athlete uh, with Jake and Teresa. Uh, you know, Teresa was such a good influence about all the other things uh, off the field and being a good teammate keeping things in perspective. You know, Joe was being pulled a lot of different directions in high school. You know, he, he did sign up to play football at Florida state and he had a ton of offers, but, uh they kept everything under control. But Jake was really, uh, the guy who taught him a lot of his skills, him and Jake and Billy, uh, growing up. And I know tomorrow night's going to be hard for Joe without Jake there. Uh, it'll be the first time at one of these events without him. But, uh, you know, Joe was easy to coach. I certainly uh, was very fortunate, I'm sure. A lot of coaches would have loved to have had Joe Maurer on their team.
3: Yeah, I, I suppose at, at times, Jim, you kind of sat back and said, look at this guy. I mean, the, the sense had to be, even after that first game you saw him, that, you know, the, this guy is is destined for the big leagues. Yeah,
5: yeah. you know, when I, I was I was fortunate to coach him on five teams, and, you know, the legend of striking out once in high school, you know, and that, that elevated to, to the summers, too. He never struck out in the summer. He struck out once on five teams that I coached him. And, you know, I think I saw him pop up once or twice in those five years. You know, there's, there's legends there that uh, I had never seen before that and never seen after that. So uh, Joe was the real deal in high school. And, and you know, you got to give the Twins a lot of credit. You know, the Twins, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know it, they were at every basketball, football, and baseball game for two years watching Joe, and they didn't know they were going to have the number one overall pick, but they were prepared to make that selection. Uh, you know, Mark Wilson and Terry Ryan and uh, the Twins scouting department, you know, they took a chance on him, and uh, he delivered.
3: Uh, Joe was such a sweet swing, but uh, as a catcher, just phenomenal. And you know late in his major league career he went went down to first, but in his days when when he was catching it, it it was it was great,
5: yeah, you know he uh you know we think about things you know what could have been what would have happened you know if he'd have stayed as a catcher, yeah. i think at the time you know for that five six year stretch, he was without a doubt the best catcher in baseball, you know he won three batting titles and his m v p gold gloves you know Joe Joe brought me to the All-Star game uh to to pitch to him in the home run derby and I remember having a conversation with Joe Madden, and he said if I had to pick one guy now to start a team it would be Joe Maurer. you know he contained the running game and just the type of hitter that he was um you know he was he was up there in his prime and uh you know Joe will never looked back and say uh, if I if when they had these concussions if you know things were worked out uh you know, he might have been a guy that would have had 3,000 hits. You know, I think a lot of a lot of guys hang on their careers, maybe could have DH'd the last four or five years. But, you know, he, uh, he, set, he served out his contract with the Twins, and I think he knew he was one, one more concussion away from something really serious. And uh, he valued his family uh, that much that he gave it up. And, uh, you know, we certainly hope the next Hall of Fame comes calling too. But, you know, if it does, great for Joe. But if it doesn't, he's not going to look back.
3: Yeah, and Jim, it's just got to be a thrill to 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 be a a part of it with Joe, and um, you know, to to be around the, the family because yeah, you know, what a what a great what a great group of people.
5: Yeah, they really are. They're they're as good as it gets, you know. And as much success as, as they've all had and, and that Joe's had, they really go back to their roots, you know, people they grew up with. Uh, Joe's best friends are still uh, his high school buddies. He's got a lot of pro guys that that are very close to him, but you know he still comes back to his high school guys to do all his hunting and fishing and things with his kids and so forth. So, uh, yeah, they're they're the All American family, and uh, they've definitely displayed it. And it's true. It's there's nothing phony about any of them.
3: Uh, and it should be a great night at Target Field. Joe into the Twins Hall of Fame and. I don't think there's any doubt as, as more and pe- people break down the numbers that a, eventually Cooperstown will call.
5: Yeah, you know, you m- might have a hard time getting in the first year. I think the writers, they just don't like to hand that thing out right away. Unless you've hit the 3,000 hits or 500 homers or 300 wins as a pitcher, they make you wait, Steve. And uh, Joe may maybe maybe have to wait. Who knows? But, I think the, the harder they look at it, the, the more they're going to realize this. This guy was one of the top catchers of all time, and you know his, his stats certainly are up there with, with all the greats.
3: Well, Jim, good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. One of the legendary coaches in the history of Creighton Durham Hall Athletics. Thanks again. Okay, thank you, Steve. Yeah. Jim O'Neil. All right, there he is, Jim O'Neill, Joe Maurer's high school coach. So many... Great stories about Joe's time playing at Creighton-Durham Hall as a football player, a basketball player, and uh, certainly one of the all-time great baseball players to come out of the state. I remember seeing him play high school football and how terrific he was and the offer to go to Florida State, and Jim mentioned that. But as a basketball player, too, as well, Joe Joe was outstanding. And then, of course, uh, we, we all know what happened drafted makes it to the major leagues and we'll head to the twins hall of fame tonight. A lot of great stories. It's going to be, uh, really fun to hear. And th- there's, there's a great piece that, uh, Pat he did. Um, and, and if you do a search and th- there's, there's a ton of stories about Joe Mauer, but, but if you search for a Jim O'Neill Creighton Durham hall, um, you you run across a, a blog Patrick Royce did on October 1st, 2018, and there's some wonderful quotes and stories about uh, Joe's mom and dad, Jake and Teresa, and how they handled Joe and his brothers in their careers. And I remember talking to Jake and Teresa once upon a time. Uh, CCO was involved in promoting uh, a little league tournament a number of years ago with the folks out at Maurer Chevrolet and I I got to visit with Jake and Trees a number of times at those we we called the championship game here on the radio a few years some of you may remember that and talking to him about youth sports and and those kids coming up and Joe coming up and playing at Creighton Durham Hall and playing with his buddies and and Patrick retells one of the great stories about how Joe wanted to be a catcher and played on the freshman team as a catcher. And Creighton-Durham Hall had some great teams, real powerhouse. And uh, the, the story goes, Jake and Teresa didn't say anything. Didn't say a word to Jim O'Neill about where Joe was playing, why he was on the varsity, and why he was playing with the freshman team. It It is wonderful, and I invite you to check that out. Once again, if you do a search... Uh, A blog by Patrick Royce on October 1st, 2018 talks about Joe and Jim O'Neill and his mom and dad. Of course, Jake is gone, and uh, we'll certainly uh, hear from Joe tonight on the Radio Hall of Fame night at Target Field, and we'll carry that ceremony for you live. Uh, By the way, Twins and Diamondbacks will play a ball game later on tonight. 6-10 6:10 scheduled start. I doubt we'll get there with that pregame ceremony. So uh, here's the deal. We'll have the lineup card at 5:30. Joe's ceremony, and then the game will start when the game starts. Kenta Maeda will be on the mound. The Twins won game one on Friday night, the final 3-2, three, three solo home runs. Bailey Ober started. He got plenty of help from the bullpen. We'll get into all of that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Joe Maurer night at the ballpark, and our pregame lineup card at 5.30. We'll have the ceremony, and then uh, the Diamondbacks and the Twins. Ryan Nelson for Arizona, Kentamaeda for the Twins. Let's go back to Friday night, game one of the series. Uh, humid night at Target Field. Twins win 3-2, to two, beating the Diamondbacks. Bailey Ober got the start, but it was the long ball for the Twins that eventually paid dividends. Three solo home runs uh, turned out to be all the Twins, Ober, and the bullpen would need. Let's go to the third, Jorge Polanco goes deep.
1: go to right field, down the line, in the corner, and that ball is fair, and that ball Let's, is gone. Let's Oh, Polanco with Nick Punto on the call. Ties up the game with a line drive homer to right. It's a 1-1 game here at Target Field. We could not have this inning end in three batters. As Polanco goes yard for the sixth time, it's a 1-1 score.
3: Yeah, Nick Punto was up there. Uh, It it was uh, pretty neat indeed. Uh, Jorge Polanco tied it up at one. Then Max Kepler goes deep in the sixth to tie it again.
2: Max Kepler leads off. Kelly delivers, and the first pitch smacked in the air. Deep right field.
0: Looking up, and it's gone.
2: It's gone. Max Kepler brings them to their feet. Solo shot for Kepler, and it's a 2-2 ball game.
3: Yes, that is Chris Atteberry. You normally hear him on the pregame lineup card and the postgame download, but uh, he is sitting alongside Corey Provis because Dan Gladden, now a Twins Hall of Famer, has Hall of Fame duties, if you will, this weekend. Michael A. Taylor has been on a power surge. hit a long home run in St. Louis and hit a home run in the seventh. That turned out to be the game winner.
1: 2-2 game, a 1-2 count to Taylor. And the pitch, a high fly ball, right field deep. This will send McCarthy back at the track. He'll turn to the wall, and it's gone. Michael A. Taylor finds the dock in right. The Twins hit their third home run of the night and have a 3-2 lead here in the seven.
3: Yeah, how about that? Michael A. Taylor uh, getting it done. Bailey Ober got the start. It was a struggle at time. He went five, didn't figure in the final decision, and he talked about his start.
4: A lot of foul balls, a lot of deep counts, a couple hard hit balls but a lot of weak hit balls that found holes too so just kind of staying alive trying to grind through it and try to get out of that damage when there's guys on base and hopefully put up a zero um that bloop single kind of just flip of a coin really I mean I got my fastball in jammed him and he just kind of flipped it over Carlos but that's it if that's it then I'll live with that and our guys came out and made, had some big swings
3: so there he is, Bailey Ober, didn't figure in the decision. The bullpen, a big part of the ball game last night. Florio, Thielbar, Pagan, and Duran all figure in it. Thielbar got the decision. Uh, Caleb Thielbar was really good, and the Twins are clearly
1: glad to have him back. Two balls and two strikes on Herrera. And the pitch off speed, strike three called. Slow curveball locks up Herrera and the one-two swing and a miss. And Field spins another breaky ball, strikes out Perdomo. So back-to-back strikeouts, and there are two down. Yeah,
3: he goes an inning and a third and does get the W. Rocco Baldelli was there, but he came in late, left right after the ball game because his wife is expecting a baby. Uh Jace Tingler uh, stepped up and took care of the post-game interview duties talked about the ball game.
1: We knew we were going up against a,
5: a, a tough battle with uh, Merrill Kelly on the mound. Got a ton of respect for him. He's, you know, been around the league. He's a true pitchmaker and uh, I've seen him a lot over the years and he gives you fits. So, um, you know, for us to get the, the three kind of solo home runs, you know, tonight, two from the lefties and then, uh, you know, Taylor with the big one uh, late going opposite field and um I thought our pitchers did a good job. Bailey battled. I thought his secondary pitches got better as it as it went on, and obviously uh they fouled off a lot of balls um and then turned it over to the bullpen who who did a great job. So uh really nice three-two uh, win.
3: So Twins win, beat the Diamondbacks three to two. Cleveland got a win over the Chicago White Sox, so the Twins lead two and a half at the end of play. On Friday night, a little bit later on, we'll take a look at the Major League scoreboard and schedule. We'll update the standings where everybody stands in Major League Baseball as we get started here in early uh, August. Uh, Twins, once again, and Diamondbacks, game two of the three-game set tonight. Kenta Maeda will be on the mound. And then Dallas Keuchel will make his Twins debut after toiling with the St. Paul Saints at AAA. He did opt out. But then Joe Ryan was put on the injured list, and Dallas Keuchel is now in the major leagues. We'll get into that story in detail with Bobby Nightingale from the Star Tribune. Uh, There have been a lot of roster moves as of late for the Minnesota Twins. Of course, Keuchel up, Ryan to the IL, Byron Buxton on the injured list, and then, of course, Brock Stewart got bad news. He was sent to the 60-day injured list. We'll get into all of that uh, with Bobby from the Star Tribune following the news and weather at 5 o'clock. Then, as promised, we'll run down the Major League scores and schedule and standings and have a sneak peek at the lineup. And then stick around uh, for the lineup card, the pregame lineup card featuring Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It's all on the way. News Talk 830-WCCO.